everybody, this is Eric Frankhouse for EFP. We're going to be doing the Phylactery Session Zero. No, Session One, post-show. Man, I dude, it, it was awesome. I'm going to get into this. Um, we're going to make this quick. Not quick, but I'm not writing this down. I want this to be my thoughts after the show. It's the point of this. I write things down for my other show. So let's just get into it. Okay, everybody. Session one in the books. I still don't have a name for this campaign setting. And playing this and bringing the magical in, I, I realized that while I did a lot of magic stuff, especially with the transmute mud and transmute stone back, you know, mud to stone and stone to rock, I did a lot of really good stuff with it. Um, the group doesn't know what it is yet, so I still can't tell you guys what this creature is that's doing this stuff. Uh, it is not the beholder thing I talked about, and it's not the gargoyles, although they did find out it is making the gargoyles. After they went through the uh, Talon's Rise, this place that is kind of like a, I don't want to say, a, like a magical weather forecasting area on the northern coast of the Arcanic uh, Deep. This is uh, an area where it's very important because it changes what happens in the fencing fields. And this place is falling apart. Like there's mudslide traps, uh, they found glyphs, there's people half like stuck in the stone. After a little bit of searching and looking around the place and camping, uh, the pseudo-dragon, which is ridiculous familiar by the way, but the pseudo-dragon, which is Kane's, uh, Calder Kane's familiar, is really good at kind of spotting stuff for him, sneaking into areas they couldn't. They finally went in an area and found a, a Order of the Scale, I believe it was, Order of the Eye. Uh, quarter of the eye or quarter of the quarter of the scale, guy half turned into a gargoyle. Uh, he says sometimes he's all there, and the next day he's not. He's in a cage. You can tell they're obviously trying to fix his problem. Uh, they said he found him. They also found that below this place, there's in the in the mountain itself, it has been sealed off in metal. So whatever this guy is or creature is, it's moving the mud around and whatnot, could not get in. They took a lift down. There was dwarfs there worshiping a dragon or following a dragon there. They worked directly for the Court of Scales, which no one's seen dwarfs do that in a long time. Uh, they were friendly. They have like these beard um, fins that kind of match that, that bronze dragon look. And then the women have their beards back and hair and like fans behind their head. Really fun stuff. They fought gargoyles on a huge bridge. The warlock was blowing them all over the place. I I really enjoyed the game. And it was a lot of fun. We got a little bit of the court stuff and not too deep in the politics. I really wanted to dig them into the, the magic system. Now, what I've realized is my players don't want to cast spells on monsters. They're really trying not to change. And I get that. It makes them really think, pick and choose about their magic and how they want to use it. And that's fine. So I'm wondering when you're going to start seeing spellcasters cast on monsters and maybe get marks. I think they're going to do it when they have, in our game we decided phylacteries are what you wear that can absorb marks for you if you don't have a familiar. Um, and you use it by using the components of that creature or something that is related to himself like for the gargoyles. They collected pieces of the, of the busted up gargoyles to make phylacteries with. So they can absorb a couple marks as casters. Everyone has a spell, remember that. They all have spells. I um, I love it so far, but I'm going to have to ramp this magic up and make everything feel more magical. Todd sent me a really good YouTube cast I'm going to watch after this. It's talking about how they want a higher magical society, a higher magic game to come out. They want, a Dean, they want Wizards of the Coast to put out a campaign setting. I don't think we're going to get that. I don't think they're ever going to put a campaign setting out. But 
I can, and that's what I'm going to do. Um, after midwinter, this convention, I think I'm going to start putting out micro campaigns, things that are like, you know, 30 to 50 pages, maybe smaller, 20 sometimes. There are campaign settings you can play for different systems, or maybe it'll be systemless, so people can have new things to play. I find campaign settings hard for me to develop, and they're really satisfying. I think that's what I'm going to start doing with my Patreon, along with the other things that I do. So the session went great. Um, we only had the three players. I'm going to do a little behind-the-scenes stuff with Kelly's character. I had a blast running 5e, even though we had to look some rules up here and there. Basically, the answer always just seems to be if it's bad, it's a disadvantage. If it's good, it's an advantage. But I liked it a lot. And I'm looking forward to running this. This was session one, so we're going to be getting into some pretty crazy stuff pretty fast. We started at third level. My overall opinion now tonight was I like fifth edition. I really, really like it. And I'm excited to run more of fifth edition. So my party seemed to really enjoy it. We started at two, three o'clock. It turned out really well. I got one more thing I want to talk about though. So let's let's get that done. So post-show. So I want to think about what I ran tonight. And I'm, I'm going to kind of close my eyes and do this because I think it makes the most sense. The session started really well. Um, players were really in. I got the courts kind of lined up the way I want. And people were invested, which is great. That's what I was looking for. I think that I need to evolve magic more. I need to make it more predominant. And I think I need to find a way to make it uh, the forefront for almost everything. Some more magical beasts. I'm going to make a list, I think, of creatures that have magic that kind of force my players to use magic on them. Fire, lightning, things along those lines. You really have to think. That's the first thing. Two, I need to finish my attunement rules and decide how I want to handle attunement. If it's just three, or if I really do want to make a history version of it where you get something extra when you attune, they're like, if that item is something of history, it becomes important. I want to do that. You get something awesome. Kind of like... I don't want to say intelligent, but maybe intelligent. I like the idea of intelligent weapons. I just don't want them running all over the place. Maybe weapons with a cause or purpose or personality that just kind of forces you to do stuff. That'd be kind of, kind of up my alley. Next, I need to get the map a little more polished. It looks good, but now that I've got some ideas, I need to start filling it out. So that means i got to fill the frame. I need to decide if it's going to be in color. And that's pretty much it for the map right now. I don't need roads or anything quite yet. So there's that. So the next thing would be, I have all the courts done, who they are, and I keep adding families to them as they're talked about. We kind of decided that each court has somewhere between three to 10 families in them, and I'll keep a list of them as they happen and what they're known for doing within their specialization. Sorry, my voice is a little shot between the convention and running a game. But what I need to do is figure out how, how your standing in the court works. I think you need a rating or a rank, or something along those lines to determine how important you are to not only your court, but the rest of the ensemble, like the rest of the courts together, which I need a word for that. I need a word for a, a group of courts that are together. Grand Gala, something along those lines. I need something that works. So that's the next thing I, I need to get done before we play. I need to decide also on naming lists. I'm usually big on having a list next to me with names. I was using the random generator and I, it just wasn't fitting the way I wanted things to look. I think I need to actually make a couple of uh, versions for people in the court, people not in the court, and then like creatures in the area. I need a naming list. So I'm going to develop that this week, I think. And then <clears throat> what would be the next thing I notice I need to do? I believe I need a timeline. 
for telling my story. It helps me. I need the first and second age, the waves of monsters that they've had to deal with between the two kingdoms. I did develop the names of the kingdoms. I can say the first kingdom's got its full name, which is Uterak, and that one is also known as the City of Courts. And then the other one is Imperia, which is known as, I want to say, the Burdened Hearts. Um, so those are the two versions that are fighting each other. But I need to get more information together so when I'm telling tales and things are referring back to old ages, I can actually have a little timeline that shows. And I think timelines help a lot. Um, not too detailed until the last, like, 100 years. There also be really broad, sweeping strokes. So that's also on my agenda to get done soon. Lastly, I need to decide how the normal races of D&D play in the system. I discussed dwarfs already, kind of wrote that out. They had one big war, and then they no longer being transformed or made by magic. No one knows where they went. That's the first kind of sighting of them since that happened. I know elves are teachers and um, scroll masters, and their skin kind of has words all over them, and they can kind of like pull paper off themselves and things like that. They're, they're masters of writing and, and tales and magic. But I need to do the rest of the major races so people know what those monsters are and if they get transformed and what they become. Last, I need to read DMG. I think this is the first time I've ever said that about any D&D, that I think I need to read the DMG from cover to cover. There's a lot of things I've looked up online that are like, oh, it's in the DMG as an optional rule. Normally DMGs suck. Suck shit. So I think this might be the time that I actually read through an entire DMG. I'm already through the players. I've been going through Volo's guy, which is fucking amazing. But I think I need to go through the DMG. And that's the last thing I think I need to do over the course of the next couple weeks. Obviously, all this can't happen in one week. I have too many deadlines. But this is a post-show, and uh, I loved it. And I'm, I'm a little tired, so if I don't sound as energetic as normally, I'm, my voice is shot. But I really, really enjoyed it. Call in, though, if you have any ideas of things you'd like me to talk about in the post-shows. If you want to know like what the characters did, or if you want to recant of the tales, those are things that can be done. Let me know what you guys want. Call in, and everybody go roll some dice. Enjoy this hobby.